do you know how many arrows he took? <laughs> and he just kept fighting. So the takeaway is that we wish that Tasha Yar had been arrowed to death. <laughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 810524. Woo! I know what that means now. <laughs> Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of CinemaSins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she desires peaceful coexistence. It's Ambassador Danae. I do. I do. But I have a question. Yes. When we started this podcast, you, yes. every time we kind of shifted to a different season, you changed up your star chart yes. algorithm. Star date. Yeah, 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 yeah. And people were trying to guess to figure out, like, crack the code of what your star system is. And since you just said uh -huh. 24 so predominantly, <laughs> yeah. I at yeah. least know part of it is the yeah. year. The only thing that's been consistent with it, I had all of the best intentions to have a Stardate system that makes sense. However, there was at least one season where I forgot to change part of it. So unless we re-record all of those episodes and I dub in the new number, I, I screwed it up. But they do still make sense. The last number, the, the 24 before the decimal. Oh, let me guess that one. Let been... me guess that one. <laughs> uh-huh. Could you guess? <laughs> uh, how many colonoscopies you've had this year? Yes, exactly. It's interesting how it's just once a year. 24 yeah. in five I was, days. <laughs> yeah. Since, since I was um, nine, I've had, <laughs> I've, I've had, that's when my first one was. It was at nine and it's been once a year ever since. That's, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's why we're up to 24. That's invasive. Mm -hmm. Wait, I'm, no, that's not way, my age. By the way, I'm eating an apple that's on the my left. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Oh, you're I'm still put doing down. that, aren't you? It's put that so down. I'm going to put it down. I forgot that we were recording. Um, the first number, the eight, was supposed to be in line with the season number that we're in. And guess what? I messed that up in season eight <laughs> and forgot to change it for season nine. And I think season nine was when we did Picard season three or Lower Decks, one of the two. That was a long time ago, Ian. Yeah, no, I completely forgot. Like a year Let's ago, I forgot it. to change it. Let's just change no, it right now. I kind of like it now. What, mid-season. Let's just change it mid-season. Okay, next, next week, I'll change it to nine. Um, but yeah, it, no, it, it needs to change be... to what it actually is. Go ahead and just skip forward. No, because then I'll have to add a digit. I want it to be five digits. No, six digits and then the decimal. I don't want it to be seven digits, or else that's too long to say. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> amazing. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> it's so good. We're learning so I... much about your idiosyncrasies. I it's, love it. You iceberg touched barely um last week's episode we did conspiracy which was uh, an episode that we actually recorded two weeks ago and something that i love about doing episodes in in advance is that invariably danae predicts something she couldn't have possibly known was going to happen now it's been a while since we recorded so i don't expect you to remember this but during the the intro to conspiracy you mentioned something about salt lick traps either as part of your prediction or i can't remember the exact context but you mentioned salt lick traps before knowing that the man trap would literally have salt lick traps in the episode for the salt monster you didn't even know we were doing the man trap i'm telling you right now <laughs> that i love i love the mystery of the mind you, mm. just, you just never know you never know I oh no that was it that was it i did your intro which was um 
she wants to consume you for the for your salt content. That was your intro. And but I didn't have any context deer? for it. You had no context for it because we, we hadn't done the man trap yet. Yeah. So you just you mentioned a deer and like salt lick traps for a deer, and in the man trap there are salt lick traps. It's just universe man how does it work okay we have some emails to get to we have Ooh. officially a backlog of emails we may have to do a mailbag episode so please don't be disheartened i'm trying to get through to replying to them and getting them in the show love you guys emailing us it's the best so we're going to try and get through two or three before we get into the show with that let's over head over to the cargo bay or shuttle bay i can't remember don't forget that and though. do some emails 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 Okay, Hailing Frequencies open, everyone. It's time for us to read your emails from Discord, Twitter, and, well, email. email. We have a follow-up from Arunan that I wanted to get through really quickly. It was specifically about how I pronounced his name. Yes, let's keep so, this going. The, the recap was Arunan sent us a lovely email. Can't remember the question because the most important part was that he gave me a pronunciation for his name, but didn't tell me which syllable to emphasize. It seems like I got it right. And here's the follow-up from Arunan. Um, it was so fun to hear you read my message. Loved the discussion that followed. Wish I could remember the discussion that followed. Sorry that I forgot to tell you which syllable of my name to accent. Do it's not okay. apologize. It's, okay. it's totally fine. What I love about this is that I still don't have an answer. <laughs> so in general, he continues, Sri Lankans accent the first syllable, Americans the second, and Japanese people generally accent the third. Take your pick. <laughs> And what's best, so um, the last name that I attempted to reply was um, Konu Sisa Pile, and he says, I never use my surname, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I tried so hard, I got so far, and in the end, it didn't it even really, really matter. matter. Mm -mm. Yeah. So I think we're going to go with the Sri Lankan pronunciation, which is Arunan. <sighs> Please continue to send me your pronunciations. Just send us anything, really. Yeah, you anything know. you want. And, and I want to encourage everybody once again to please send questions that are completely unrelated to star trek for me to yep. answer mm -hmm. because i am going to live out my podcast dreams on your podcast <laughs> do it do it and this is your this podcast is a safe space but i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna have like my own segment that's completely unrelated to star trek it's gonna Just be great ask Danae. yeah it's gonna ask be great. the ambassador yeah ambassador answers a a m a m a m a ask the wait a a a ask the ambassador anything triple a we should call it triple a we should call it a triple a meeting that's what we should do and everybody has to have like a membership yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah 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 i'm gonna start little, my own podcast photo on it. i'm gonna do it it's gonna you must send your photo to us with the email <laughs> nope of your mugshot no we don't we, <laughs> no, don't, we, no, don't, we don't need no, to see your pictures <laughs> no don't need that don't send me your toes so um our next email that we're going to whip through is from sean um, this is in result to the mantra, the salt monster episode, and I love this point and I want to see if you follow this logic and you agree with it. When I watched the episode, I took away that the salt, so, sorry, bit of context, we sinned it, so this is possibly a sin correction, why didn't the salt monster kill McCoy when they had the chance right. and then carry on around the ship because right. they took on McCoy's body? Right. Um, when Sean watched the episode, um, he took away that the salt monster had switched its affection and its like symbiosis um, kind of um, what's the what's the word for the parasiticness away from Nancy's husband to McCoy oh. because the feelings were deeper 
and he could they the monster could manipulate McCoy better than Nancy's husband. Um, and it said the uh, the monster even says that the memory was stronger than the husband's, oh. and this is why she didn't kill McCoy so that she could carry on using McCoy. And straight after that is when the husband gets killed. Oh, interesting. So, uh, that makes so, so much sense. This is not a polyamorous being. No. This is a monogamous parasitic being that was, and it makes so much sense. That's yeah. why it didn't kill McCoy. Okay, I love that. That's a really yeah. good point. Sin redacted. We've turned it away. I really feel like the more I think about that episode, the relationship, like this creature, is the most curious thing. I I want to know it's more about this creature. Yeah, it's the fact that they describe it as a water buffalo, but it's so intelligent. Wait, it, did I get it right? Was it? No, it's bison. No, no, no. God no. damn it! <laughs> you did it again. Duh, duh. Did it, you did, they describe it as a as an Asian giraffe, and <laughs> it's just it's uh-huh. absolute. It's intelligent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, okay, thank you, Sean, for that. Love love that email. That tweaked my brain it was great um yeah let's go through one last one this is from james aka flyboy who appears in our twitch chat um again this is of a man trap um um dude and i think you'll like this today it's specifically about watching it for the first time back when it aired Ooh, i love these and we questioned like because this was the first ever episode of star trek was it part of like a big promotional push what was the marketing like and james says that he remembers it was part of nbc's ad campaign and all three networks had them at around this time of year for the new tv season so he knew the premiere was coming and was super excited for it uh he remembered in the preview voiceover the line whoever was doing the voiceover said like imagine piloting a spaceship the size of a floating city and that's when the enterprise would fly by on screen so james remembers being hyped for this new star trek show this new show in space on a flying city and then the man trap happened and he remembered enjoying it it was enough to keep him engaged with the show how cool that's from the 60s i love what a cool memory share your memories with us too it doesn't even have to be about the episodes we're talking about if you have episodes of when you watched the show Mm -hmm. or what it was like especially if it came out when you were watching tv oh man i want to hear your stories because yeah like for me watching it when i was young there was you know he-man and she-ra and batman mm-hmm. return like batman was on like my yeah, cartoons batman, that i the watched series? yeah the animated oh. series so you know i was watching tng at that point um mm-hmm. and being imaginative was just part of what my media consumption was like you know yeah. so i'm really curious what watching television was like then i'm starting yeah. to read books with my memories. daughter where i'm wanting her to develop being able mm-hmm. to see things in her imagination rather than having to see them on a screen. Um, but I imagine like back then it must have been lots and lots of book reading and book reading and newspaper reading and a lot of reading and then TV was like a treat. Yeah, because and it was on at a dedicated time. It's like Star Trek's on, everybody hush. Because that's watch it. TV. You watch yeah. it then. You don't get to record it. Nope. Nope. Got to wait for those reruns, which who knows when they're going to come up. Yep. Um, cool. Love those emails. Thank you um, for sending those in. Email us uh, captainspod at cinemasins.com um, on X at captainspod CS on the Discord cinemasins. Uh, Discord.gg slash cinemasins. You guys are the best. Okay, Danae. This week we are continuing the Monster Medley into 2024. Happy New Year. We're jumping into, we're continuing in TNG now that we've finished with the exploding scorpion bugs and vaporizing people's faces because that's what Star Trek does now. And not my Star Trek. And we're going into Skin of Evil. Evil. Um, 
Give skin us... of evil. Now, full disclosure, we have some lovely graphics if you join us in the live show that pop up on screen. And I left one on screen accidentally. So the ambassador does know that this is a Tasha episode because I have a picture of I had a picture of Tasha on screen. And I usually put the big plot stuff up on screen. So you know this is a Tasha episode. What is your prediction for what happens? Let's have a general one and an oddly specific wharf-based drinking tea prediction. Pull it out of the ether. Pull that salt lick out of the air. It's weird. We're we're still on the monster monsters, right? Mm-hmm. Monster medley, yeah. Okay, monster medley. Still picking out weird monster creature alien things. Okay, okay, okay. I think that this monster is going to be a morphing monster, one that can mm. assume the, the the visage of someone else, kind of like last monster in a way. Uh huh. Is that like kind of tying into the skin? Yeah, thing? I'm thinking that they're like taking on the skin. Yeah. If not. We're talking about lesions, people, and um, oh, I just don't want to watch an episode with lesions, so I'm hoping it's not. Okay, we're going to be pivoting gear into a completely different episode of Star Trek. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, I typed that as liaisons. That's completely different. It turns out I don't know how to spell lesions. Okay. Okay, oddly specific. Oddly specific will be... Somebody kisses someone that they don't know is not really the person that they, that they, that, but I think I'm thinking about the, the love episodes that we're going to have coming up. By you the way, you're so ready for Valentine's. You can still send in your submission for that, yeah. by the way, because we're collecting mm-hmm. episodes that you are sending us. And the idea is that it's not just love stories, it's unique love. Mm-hmm. We've had some great suggestions already and some not so great suggestions <laughs> already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, love that. Um, Let's get straight into the episode. We'll see you guys in 10 forward for a full debrief. Two to beam out. We're back to the regular transporter now. Thank God. That other one, it it lasted so long. Yeah, yeah. So long, you know. It was like dial-up. It was such a long transition. It's like (laughs) dial-up for transport. I like how we're like... We have no time to transport yeah. now, but this is what would have worked while the transporter was going. Like, we should have had this long of a discussion during the transporter yes. for last time, and now there's no Correct. time. Correct. Yeah, but you can't talk while transporting. That shouldn't you can't. happen. You can't. No. Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab something from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched. Most important question first, what is your thing of choice? Are you calling me a thing? Fuck you, I'm a bean, bitch. (laughs) Does this mean that I am not alive? I am alive. Um, yeah, I think maybe some. (sighs) I mean, I really don't need to consume it, but maybe it would be good for my vehicle. Yeah, I'll just go with like car oil. Car oil, just straight up car oil. Tar, just some tar, some Tasha, Tasha Yartar. I well, would like uh, Tasha Yartar. Oh, you're going to have some Tasha Tar? Some Tasha Tar. That's <laughs> some Tasha Tar? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to have some Metamucil, um, approximately 100 gallons of it combined with black printer ink, which is what I learned um, Armus is today. He is Metamucil, which is a thing I'd never heard of, but it's a powdered like supplement thing. Yeah. And they just got 100 gallons of it. I'm sorry. Did you say black yeah. printer ink as well? And black printer ink. William Frakes, <laughs> literally covered 
in black printer ink. Did, was he stained? I mean, not now. He's fine. Oh, man. <laughs> but I, yeah. I was so bothered by that scene, and we'll get to it's, it here. Yeah, we will. We'll get yeah, to it we here will. in a minute, but like, I mm-hmm. wondered what it was, and I actually did a Data. quick Google search to figure out what the goop was. Something's got me. Oh, man. Because that was in, in my his ears. eye. That was in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On his lips. It was, it was in there. Like, they used a prosthetic for the, like coming up from the water thing but he was in that ink that line just something's got me so good so so good well before we get into the specifics ambassador general thoughts and feeling no give us a synopsis okay listen the only thing that you need to know about this episode is that you absolutely under no circumstances should ever go to vagris 2 okay just don't do it don't go to vagra 2 and that vagris vagra Vagra. Vagra. Don't worry, I or just Vagris. called Jonathan Frakes William Frakes. Did you? So we're all, yeah, I just said William Frakes. <laughs> I meant Jonathan yeah. Frakes. You know I know that. We're doing a lot, okay? It's a live show. <laughs> Jonathan Riker, let's go. Um, Yeah, in this episode, uh, Goop is a bully and the writers are working out their angst uh, mm. uh, regarding bullying. Mm. And, and so yes. in today's episode... The TNG writers really delve into what it means to write as if you are an evil person um, and also just have some really interesting back and forth commentary as Tasha dies. Because spoiler alert, though not spoilery at all, Tasha dies and they actually pretty much go back and forth uh, with having their monster of the week say this death doesn't matter. And I can't imagine irrelevant. being in the writer room going, Yacht, this doesn't matter to us. We're just going to kill this character. And they just fucking say it out loud. N- not the last time they say it out loud either. They say it in another episode. Really? That it's just, yeah, they refer back to it. It's just, it was a meaningless death. Death. Yeah. I, I was mean, like, God damn. You're just going to straight up acknowledge that shit. Well, the, the I mean, monster right. straight up says it. Yeah. Here it is. Uh, they were exactly no meaning. I did it because I wanted to, and it amused me. Yeah, <laughs> oh it's my so God. brutal. Super like, brutal. I mean, there wasn't a like a fly around that I could swat, so I swatted you instead. Have fun being dead now. Yeah. Um. There's brutal. a lot more to talk about this episode, but yeah, I think the big takeaways from this one is that the monster is this creepy, goopy creature that is the uck of uh, existence of of morality i don't know how to describe it um Mm -hmm. but it definitely gets its kicks out of hurting people and we get to watch Mm -hmm. it bully our beloveds and kill someone and then we end in tasha giving her own eulogy the end the end that's it overall thoughts and feelings ambassador did you like the episode did you not gut instinct yeah i think this is a really serious episode so if you're Mm -hmm. gonna recommend this one to anybody uh to watch it's because you want to have your uh, you know them well enough that this is the a topic that they would want to like expose themselves to because yeah. mm-hmm. the deeper themes of this one is encountering somebody who really enjoys watching you suffer and uh, actively abuses you and gaslights you for their own amusement. Mm-hmm. That is this creature. Yeah. So it's the embodiment of evil and manipulation yeah. and just as as data would say no redeeming qualities at all yeah he was like we need to destroy him yeah 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 data ran all of the analysis on this and has arrived at the conclusion that death is the best option for (laughs) that creature 
when the, the uh, like the objective android is just like you are a sadistic piece of shit you have no redeeming features you should be destroyed um as a wow uh, so so there's like that's like a big theme for this there's also the theme of loss of a character so that's kind of a separate thing if they're if if it's someone that's new to star trek and they don't know these characters no, absolutely it, not it like, might I know feel a bit know meaningless Tasha. yeah yeah, because I like my TNG. I didn't really spend a lot of time with Tasha. Tasha, I mm. I was a full on Worf girl. So when I started watching TNG, Worf was already in this position, and it was on the reruns that I would catch. And I don't even mm. know if I was watching all reruns. I can't even remember. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I just remember I got home from school and it was on TV. Yeah. So um, the theme of the monster this week is interesting like from a monster perspective i'm fascinated mm-hmm. so I, I just this is a heavier episode this is an episode that yeah. really is talking about like a serious creature and a serious death um and then to solve it they have to gaslight the creature and engage mm-hmm. it in it uh, engage it in conversation to upset it so that they can beam away they're really in a situation that's like someone's someone does die and more people could yeah. die and they just happen to clever their way out of it. And they leave it on the planet for someone else to run into potentially later mm-hmm. on. So it's kind of dark. And yeah. it's not that it's bad. It's just more serious. So I think like on pip wise, I would give this like a two and a half or three maybe. Oh, straight into pips. Like two and, two and a half, three pips? Yeah, because I yeah. feel like it, it really it really leans heavily on how mean the creature is. And yeah. I, I kind of didn't need to see that a whole a lot. I, I wish that mm-hmm. they would have maybe been more creative with the creature or even found a way to you know do something with it other than it just torment because this is this is an episode where you spend the entire time on the planet being tormented there's not really a lot of places that we go we have a shuttle Mm -hmm. we have the goop kind of um area where the creature is hanging out and then we have the bridge we see uh sick bay and we do see the warp core a little bit too but there's not really Mm -hmm. a lot like most of most of the conversation is happening, you know, on the planet and we don't yeah. move around a bunch. So so we spend a lot of time dealing with the complexity of this creature. And I think they leaned really heavily into watching it torture people mm-hmm. rather than what I'm curious about, which is mm. that this is a creature that was excreted from another being when that being shed this part it didn't want anymore. An How fucking society. cool is that? So that's why, for me personally, I I like Armus as a bad guy, and I think the 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 thing that bugged you is the or the thing you're you're, you're not a super fan of. I kind of think the episode gets away with because it's it's deliberate. Like it is all the like there's this species that was just destroying itself, and they found a way to shed all of this evil and all of this negativity, which I think we need, by the way, and put it into one creature. And then they just fucked off and left. And for me, I'm like, that kind of gives it some grace, which is a weird description for Armus, to be evil. And how it, it says, like, I don't serve evil. I am evil. I am all of those things. And it kind of gives it permission to be this one-note character because it's made of one thing. It's made of one set of dark emotions. And I want to know more about that process. Oh, like both. Yeah, I want to know that. Quick little comment in the like when arm this creature's name is armus armus yeah when they say it it's sort of jumbled in with all of this other confusion about what the creature is it's sort of 
just beginning to explain itself in a way. And so I'm listening for a lot of information and that kind of got lost a little bit, especially Mm -hmm. some of the voice delivery too. It's a very like rough and gravel voice. Yes. Did you want me to save you? No. (laughs) Would you like this cookie? And then they eat it in front of you like that kind of shit. Yes. So I got really distracted by that. And I, it's a child. By the time I figured out that this is a whole thing, I was I wanted to go back. And mm-hmm. what do you mean entire stuff? What do you mean these these super beings? I think he said something like Titans or something. I'm like, well, yeah. what about those? Like, let's go find those people and be like, you need to go back and get your mess, yeah. guys. Look what you did! You <laughs> killed one of our people. Look what you did, you little jerk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look what you did, you little jerks. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I, I I get it. It is a little bit one note, but what I do, what that does lead to for me that, that i really like is we immediately know that phases aren't going to work and they're going to have to talk their way out of it this so thing is powerful this thing is super powerful it has the convenient plot powers of disabling communications and transporters anything with energy at will um and can disable will as well at will and uh, so they have to find something that isn't brute force to get around it so enter picard and from this has got some great picard season one moments of it like he doesn't get to do as much as he does later on but i love in particular the change of tact when he gets down there because reich has been very aggressive tasha was aggressive even beverly is like fuck you i'm gonna we need to get to our people why are you such a dick and picard i missed that line but i it would i love that line that's <laughs> gonna be my quote you essentially dick. what <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna help my people you, you dick. dick uh crusher this is this is tv you can't say can't, that yeah um but when picard gets down there he is like a school principal very calm just like he's sitting Armus on the naughty step and Armus <laughs> is like entertain me and picard just goes Mm-mm. yeah this, and this, the, he disarms Armus so well yeah the writers were dealing with bullying and children like they were really mm-hmm, struggling with how sure. to talk to children parents wrote <laughs> this episode yeah yeah i i think the back and forth uh, what one thing that if it, if I was going to have like a deep discussion with a friend after watching this episode, and it's not just like, hey, let's just watch this episode and not talk about it. If I was going to have a discussion about it, the other thing that mm-hmm. really stood out to me is what you're talking about. How to diffuse somebody who gaslights. How do you yeah. not engage them and give them mm-hmm. what fuels Don't them engage. Yeah. while protecting yourself and while protecting the people that you're responsible for? And that was really interesting because they all kind of had to be really, you know, muted um but it was it's not easy to watch it it's something we're like so frustrating if you we were talking about my my little one um during the pre-show on our live show and she's like so she's six and a half and she's going to school and of course that's when you really learn about um like your social interactions and people saying things that aren't true or even saying things to hurt you and all this stuff i I feel Mm -hmm. like if my child were to watch this it would be really hard because it's such an unfair thing, but it's a really good example about if you don't do what they say, it diffuses the situation. But And if you don't match their energy as well. Because mm-hmm. if you get really mad, then you're giving them what they want. However, mm-hmm. this episode is far too complex for a six and a half year old um, because of the element of like, there's so much going on. 
there's people's lives at risk. There's a creature trying to figure out if, if you should honor their life and, and try to negotiate. Mm. There's all these like complexities and each person, like you said, is kind of trying their way at it. And one of my favorite people to interact is actually Worf after Tasha mm. dies and he takes over oh. command. There's a moment when they're all going back down to the planet and they're like, come yeah. on, buddy, it's time to go kick some ass. And he, the warrior of all warriors decides to tactically stay behind because he yeah. knows that it's not in the interest of this creature. Like he immediately evaluates the situation. Mm. And that switch of Worf going from passive to power was really, really, uh, it's really beautiful for me. I, I, it's one yeah. of my favorite scenes is this explosion of emotion about Tasha passing away. Picard finger tapping the table to get everyone's attention I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. Okay, Hello, everybody. And then Worf having an opportunity to show what he's capable of. And everyone knows he can kick ass. But this is him showing that he's also tactical uh, and mm. in mind. And and I oh, love, I love that. It. Yeah, that was so fucking and good. And him just like taking the lead with Wesley and doing the technical side of getting... of programming the transporters to get them back up when it when the time was right just him stepping into a new role and it's one of the things that season one and two does probably wolf gets the best character arc of anybody in season one and season two of just him progressing from background character promoted to regular yeah um he they they handle that really really well he's one of the most interesting people in the early seasons probably throughout the whole show it's also interesting you know knowing this show knowing this episode rather is the one where they're killing a character they're killing tasha uh yes. to have Worf and tasha have that exchange at the beginning of oh, the episode the martial arts because practice, there's going yeah. to be this you know uh not a battle but like a what do they call it a tournament oh it's a tournament yeah and tasha says hey let's go practice because i know if i can get this certain move down like you you know then I'm a sure win. And Worf says you're a sure win anyway. Everyone's betting on you. And she was just so, it meant a lot that Worf uh -huh. of all people believed in her abilities. And so it was a passing of the torch, you know, in that way mm. where they didn't get to have some sort of exchange. I mean, they, they do at the very end of this episode have Tasha talk to everybody and kind of give her, give her peace to each of her crewmates. But yeah. Denise Crosby has one of the most unique soothing voices i've ever heard like one of my big like um what's the word for it disappointments is not seeing her in the show more like the way she talks to wharf the way she delivers stuff at the end of the episode the the slips of tasha that we do get i just love the way she communicates and the way like tasha? the writers are doing yeah tasha the writers are doing a great job but the way denise crosby delivers those lines always i'm always i kind of stop and i listen to every word she's saying she has such a interesting cadence to her voice yeah i really i really like that too and i know that the behind the scenes there's information about her being written out things like that which i'm curious about we've talked about it before we'll get to that mm. i'm sure but yeah um as far as the episode goes i thought that was a a really good thing and you also have the doctor doing everything that they can do to bring mm -hmm. her back and it fails i honestly thought because i didn't know if you were showing me the her death episode or not Mm -hmm. um i saw her picture but i didn't know if this was that episode yeah. and when she was hit by the creature who sent out this shockwave or something this really powerful yeah like, like it was telekinetic or something um when that happened and she was knocked out and essentially like insta killed i didn't know if that was the death 
or mm. if it was going to be a different episode. Because I remember someone saying, maybe it was you, like the joke is that she just like hits her head and falls over or something like this. It was, Basically, yeah. Yeah, and this wasn't that. This wasn't her hitting her head and falling over. This was a battle with a creature, although it was yeah. not one where she got to go toe to toe. She still no, she just gets swatted away. Yeah, she was swatted off by this this very very dangerous creature, but. There's a moment when Beverly is attempting to save her and the makeup for the wound looked like uh-huh. like a Nickelodeon Yeah, the Nickelodeon goop, splat. Goop splat. Yeah. But in red. Yeah. And I thought, ooh, the creature has invaded her and it's gonna take her over. Interesting. It didn't go that way, obviously. Oh, but. Way more interesting than what actually happens. <laughs> and which is just it's a weird bit of I've never had an explanation for this. It just looks weird. Like it's not bruising, it's not a cut, it's just a blotch. And I just assumed it was like a scar from you know, like Harry Potter has the lightning. Yeah. I'm, it, that's what I interpret it as. It's just a scar from Armis's energy transfer. That's what I thought. Because um, it was so just, gloopy yeah, it's looking. It's so weird. It's yeah. just a splodge. So I don't think it's meant to be blood necessarily, no. more than just a, a scar from the transfer of energy. Yeah, because they do say that it sucked the life out of her. Yeah, exactly. And so this is, we had the salt sucker, you know, and, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, and it left suction cup marks. So this creature leaves us nickelodeon splat mark and that's just the way that that is but beverly does everything to save her and so we kind of have that exchange troy has a reaction to both knowing that somebody that she has been hurt but not knowing that if she lived or died because Mm. apparently her range is limited um to, to know the truth there so but we do get to see troy have a very emotional reaction at the eulogy well, that was my next question was, how do you feel about Deanna in this episode? Because for it. me, I'm like, we're actually fucking using I her. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. We're yeah. using her powers. Like, it might be the only episode where she's used as a beta Z. Yeah, well, and if that's true, then poo-poo on the show, but maybe also for the audience, perhaps seeing a character like Troy is difficult because it's a lot of just her emoting and feeling. And I think mm. we're still in an era where... Seeing women in the lead is great, but having them like be emotional, maybe they were just trying to kind of limit that. I don't know. I don't want to make assumptions about what the, you know, what what they were attempting here. Uh, but. Honestly, I think it was just annoying at the time. Like, I think it was just too difficult to write around it. So they often ignored it. But well, this is stig- integral to the plot for once. There's a stigma that women are too emotional and men don't feel anything. And And I think in media, we see the extremes of that example to us as sort of a, a demarcation of where we are. like, and, and I think that that's blending out as time goes on. And I really like it because you can find so many different shows that have great examples of women who are emotional and strong, who are leading and, and still feeling the emotions that, that are there, but then also men feeling emotions too. And then handling it differently. We talk so much more about mental health and working through things. And I think Deanna is an example of a character who is like a counselor person who's talking through emotions. And that probably wasn't very popular to be like, Oh yeah, this is a really fascinating topic. Let's get into the psychology of this really fucked up bully. That's killing people. You know, they don't want to, you know, maybe you wouldn't want to say that on TV. And so we're going to, have very little of it and then we're going to have more action and fun um and just kind of know that this is a character trait of this person i personally love deanna and i had written in my notes that this is one of my like i don't know i I don't know 
other episodes where she's really on display like this but i loved seeing her like this it's i i absolutely love it like yes there is the whole they have to rescue her but she's playing like an integral role while she's there like when picard finally gets to see her she's managed to communicate with armus get those little bits of information out of them Mm -hmm. about his their species and and why they're there and his their triggers as well i'm keep saying him because it has a male voice but they kind of just say it throughout the episode um so when picard finally gets to talk to diana she has information to communicate and then combine that with the energy signatures they know how to get out of it so she's doing work while she's while she's in there she doesn't give up and she's trying to reason with it um i i just think it's i i wish they'd done that more with her because she should be at the forefront of a lot of these conversations she doesn't have to admit that she's like i'm reading your mind but (laughs) she should be using that a lot more yeah because that's gonna people shut down when you can read their thoughts funnily enough i feel like i mean one of my notes was we have a damsel in distress situation and it's popped up in chat too and and that that was something that was evident to me she is very conveniently trapped and yeah that and, and that has that vibe to it you know where she she can't she can't get out on her own and i have it as a sin um because I'm confused about why she was so limited in her capacity. But at the same time, mm. I'm okay with her needing to have this back and forth. Um, I wish she had been the one to best the monster, to be honest with you, because I feel like she would be in a better position than having it be Picard. Um, yeah. I know the show needs Picard to be the captain and be the one with the power and the authority. Have that big shouty speech. Yeah, and it's a total Picard speech as well. And it's something that he's... Yeah, it really as is. As the show continues on, that is an absolute staple of TNG. Mm-hmm. However, Deanna is the one that's doing all this deep work with this creature. And for... Uh, but maybe they didn't want to get into the abuse because it, it's just this borderline abuse thing. Like he is abusing her, you know, he's yeah. keeping her from getting care. He is literally shielding over her, looming over her in this uh, shuttle. And the imagery is de- it's deep. It's dark. This is a dark episode. So mm-hmm. Deanna is in this deep, dark mental space being tormented by this being that wants to torment others attempting to find her way through that and i don't know that she could have done it i think eventually it would have just killed her because it doesn't care you know this is a careless creature this isn't somebody that's redeemable um yeah then that's, i think it, at least I that's kind what i think of, the show is saying yeah i kind of like that there's a combination of picard and diana because picard has got like the facts and diana has the emotion and it's that combination that distracts armus to like drop his drop his guard down mm-hmm. um so in terms of like the bullying and stuff the one of the parts of the episode that really hits me is when he bullies uh Geordie. oh that i mean how did that scene hit you because that's that's oh, a rough watch it. I think sometimes shows need to really drive a point home about the irredeemable aspect of a character because Mm -hmm. we as an audience tend to want to stay on the spectrum of we're all for it or we're all against it. You know, Um, being in the middle is not a comfortable place for people to be and having unanswered questions is not comfortable. And so I think psychologically shows and writers want to make some things very apparent. And maybe at this point in the episode is when they really want the audience to know that this is not a character. This is not a creature. This is not a thing that we're wanting to bring forward 
or redeem. Mm-hmm. This is it's evil. just a piece when, of shit. When we say skin of evil, we're not saying skin of mostly evil. But after yeah. a good counseling session with Troy, they're they're okay now. <laughs> <laughs> they have some. We will let you go. We've decided that we like you. You've taught me the meaning of love. This is just now. I'm going to fuck with Jordy, but it's like Data's almost visceral reaction to it. Like I'm going to help my friend. And then giving him the verbal instructions and then deciding, no, I can't engage with this. You're just going to keep fucking with him. And just LaForge's like frustration with it as well to be picked on in that that way. Like having his most, his deepest weakness exposed is just, oh, oh, it's rough. That was difficult. Um, I was a little disappointed that the episode didn't use, because he, because LaForge went down just to kind of take a quick peek around and see if his visors would sense anything that, you know, mm. that their equipment didn't, didn't do. Yeah. Um, and then it turns into this example of how evil Armis is. Yeah. It was hard to watch, but again, from an in, to watch how these characters are being written to react to Armis was really interesting. They, they are trying not to play this creature's game while mm-hmm. also holding back their desire to care for someone because there's danger. Like when, when it takes Riker, for example, it says if you try to help him, I'll kill him. So by not helping, Riker has a chance of staying alive by yeah. not beaming away. So he's trying to figure out, Armas is trying to figure out all these ways to psychologically torture these people and the the Jordy one was an interesting one because Data was able to just like through logical process, not emotional process, engage this creature in a back and forth yeah. chess, which is what Picard ends up doing. And it's what, mm-hmm. you know, kind of Deanna does to a certain degree. They're really just trying to figure out where they can kind of get their footing in. But of course, I hated that part. And it was one of the yeah. most evident this is a bully um and then the next kind of example of that is when it forces data to potentially kill one of his mates yeah and then uh, of course it does take Riker. we have that really creepy scene of his mouth gaping open and oh that was just disturbing oh my god According to to Jonathan Frakes himself in a in an interview, I think it was a couple of years ago, he says it was him because nobody else would do it. He was the only one that was willing to go into this hundred gallon pool of shit, <laughs> just covered in it. Now I'm pretty sure that's a prosthetic because this the way the mouth fills yeah. up, yeah, yeah, the way the mouth fills up is like all. Like, it's clearly got an empty side, but mm-hmm. he is covered in this shit when he emerges from out. it. Yeah, yeah he, he sure is. Yeah, pooped out. Um, and what's, what I, I read a little bit about this, um, and the, what's interesting is that this, like, printer ink, which is just baffling to me that they use printer ink, the printer ink and this Metamucil stuff would dissolve the costume of the person underneath it. So it it was a man. I'm sorry. It was caustic enough to... So there was... I can't... The man's name is... um, Oh, the guy that was standing up in the goop. Okay. Yeah. So Mark Mark McChesney was in a suit and then they had... They piled this ink and stuff on top of it, but it would dissolve the suit underneath, so they had to keep replacing it because it's just this hideous, hideous caustic stuff. <laughs> like, why? This would never happen today. No. No, it hideous. wouldn't happen. No. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I but I love it. This creature design for I love it. Like it's just this tarry and it does just look like a skin of evil. It just is it's exactly like what I imagine when I picture that. Oh it's man. So gross. What a day in filming that would make, be. Right? And he's just like the only one that's willing to go in there. Like Geordie's like, no. LeVar Burton's like, nope, not doing it. Gates McFadden's like, nope, not doing it. No. <laughs> Well, was just like yeah. Jonathan just like yeah, I'll do it. It's fine. I'll get in. I'm there. sure. I'm sure he wasn't quite so excited. I mean, maybe, maybe I don't. I don't know. I guess there are times when you're filming something and you just, you know, this is going to be epic. I just wish it wasn't so caustic that it was dissolving people's clothing. That's mm-hmm. that's disturbing. Yeah. yeah, we don't. We don't. Yeah, that's probably not something we need to put people through. To be completely honest, no, no. But that was a really alarming visual too, and I think. Mm. The, there can be, I mean, you can kind of see meaning in anything that you want, but this mm. idea that you're covered in this goop that like you can't get out of mm-hmm. and yeah. because down. Mm-hmm, and because uh, Riker has people that care for him, they collect him, they scoop him off yeah. and that's really true to life, right? Like mm-hmm. when you have a community, whether it's in person or online, when you have people that care for you and are curious about you and check in with you, it feels like you're just getting kind of goop scraped off sometimes and it makes the harder stuff easier. And the idea is that this creature is not only the leftover remnants of everything dark, but also utterly alone and whatever redeeming qualities could be there to have someone want to stay and care for, it would just kill them. So yeah. I think the idea here is that the show is playing with the idea of what a pure evil creature would look like. And this particular one kills Tasha. And that is a much more interesting death than just falling over. I agree. Well, let's, okay, I've got, before we get into that bit again, uh, with the Riker moment, we've already had Tasha die. So I wonder if at the time, watch, uh, I can never know because I didn't watch it the first time around. I don't fully remember when I first watched this episode, but, I wonder if people actually thought, could we lose Riker as well? Mm. Like, could this be mm. multiple cast members dying? So I'd be interested if anybody at home can remember this and whether you thought, nah, they've killed Tasha, so Riker's not really in trouble. Or were you thinking, man, are we going to lose Riker too? Like, is he is he dead? Because the stakes are different. When you know somebody is dead, the stakes are suddenly like, oh, they can kill people off. Yeah. I mean, they're very brave to, to do it, to take a character and remove it from rotation yeah. and why wouldn't you be willing you know to do that with anybody especially since tasha was the head chief of security so yeah you know here's the second in command yeah i do wonder i wonder if people thought that maybe there would be multiple you know characters yeah. to kind of go out at this point in time really fascinating it really is fascinating and we haven't even talked about the, the characters that are in this episode that i don't know what the fuck they are ben who the fuck is Ben? This <laughs> don't chief, worry. this chief Pilot guy. This, You'll never see Pilot Ben again. Don't worry. This, this 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 chief of engineering who's working with some you crystals. Mean, you mean Leland T? What's it? Lynch? Yeah. Leland T. Lynch. Yes. Who who gives his full name? It's so uh, weird. Every yes, time. Captain uh, Leland T. Lynch reporting from the third corridor of the. <laughs> Yeah. You, know what it, you know what it reminds me of? It's like this guy wants a promotion. He's like, I am Lieutenant Commander 
could be Commander. Um, Leland T, that's with a T, Lynch. That's L-Y-N-C-H. Like, don't forget my name. <laughs> and it just, again, he does it twice. It's like, just Leland T. Lynch again. It's like, we get it. Unless his name is actually, unless that's all of his name. Like, his surname is actually Leland T. Lynch. I just wonder who this person is behind the scenes that he has this character that gets to have this much of a name <laughs> reference. Like, it was just... Uh-huh. Was very much standing out to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, there is there is a Lynch that is mentioned again, um, but I believe that's an Ensign Lynch, and he's mentioned in one of the Star Trek movies. Um, so unless Leland T. Lynch has had several demotions in the in the next fifteen years, it's not this is not the same guy. But yeah, it's just interesting how much he gets named, and he's like the fourth or fifth chief engineer that we've had during season one. Um, so I think one of them dies. The one of them did all of the fan emails that then got fired, and then the other one was a lady that we never see again. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so while we're while we're back into the death throes of this episode, um, it's pretty well documented why Denise Crosby left the show. She said herself she wasn't enjoying what the show was giving her like Mm. she was really disappointed that she her character wasn't getting enough development wasn't getting like kind of any big episodes wasn't getting kind of like the stuff that she wanted to do and she was really worried about being typecast and being just the person at the security station saying yes captain for the next six years and just dressing up like that every day and just being because when you get into sci-fi especially in like the 80s and 90s you're kind of like pigeonholed into that it's so i think it is different today people break out a lot differently like david Mm. tennant and matt smith have gone on to do very different things after doctor who they're not typecast but back in the day it was like oh you're tasha and she wanted to get out of that while she could and yeah she says she has no regrets i mean that's <laughs> who knows whether that's true or not but she said it was the right decision for her at the time and that's all you can know um it wasn't being particularly well received i don't know if they would have i don't think she would have known that at the time but i'm sure after season one came out she was probably like oh i've made the right choice because it wasn't very well received and it almost mm, didn't get a third interesting, season okay. so yeah and so she went to gene roddenberry and said can i get out of this somehow and he agreed and killed her off in what a lot of people believe is an unceremonious death but i don't i, I think it, i don't think it's meaningless and that's what i really want to dive into do you think it's a meaningless death i think that this this episode is the writers struggling with that very question i don't think i have an answer to that i i believe <sighs> that their struggle to we have been instructed to kill this character and it feels meaningless giving it to a monster that also doesn't care and finds it meaningless is a really interesting thing i don't i i want to believe that it's on purpose not as an insult to the actor who is bringing this character to life but maybe just as a content creator who is working hard at making these um imaginary uh people interact and come to life and do something compelling episode to episode week to week maybe the pressure of this character was a relief for them maybe it was a struggle for them maybe they had ideas you know and we know that it's not always the same you know writers but at the same time like there's people that are very dedicated to even in season one to the craft of this type of storytelling so i don't know that i have an answer for it um because i don't have a lot of emotional connection to tasha and i wasn't watching yeah 
this season, you know, day week to week, you know, really getting invested or anything. I, I can't say from personal experience that it was like meaningless. I would say that this episode is, is touching on that question of like, what, mm. what, what is, what are we doing here? <laughs> for, yeah. And for me, I struggle to call it meaningless because what I like about it is that it's random and that it's in the line of duty. Like there's a, re it's kind of disrespectful for, for, in my, from my point of view to, let's say you're in the, the basically Starfleet, like we said, is a space Navy. It's a quasi-military organization. They have the weapons, all of that. Yes, they're on a mission of exploration, but they're also on missions of defense as well. So why are you devaluing someone's sacrifice based on how they died? So she got up in the morning, went to work, she went down to the planet on a rescue mission and died during the course of that rescue mission. For me, that's pretty honorable like yeah. she's she's doing her duty yeah. she she made a calculated move to to risk herself to get to diana who at that point they don't know if she's dead or alive in need of help whatever she's like i'll take this risk and i'm gonna go and then get shot down because of it and i'm just like i i just it's not just a demonstration of his power it's that she risked her life to rescue one of her crewmates. So I always struggle when people say it's meaningless because I'm like, she's doing her job. Like, however that happened, okay, she died in a transporter accident. It was we doing her job as well. All get Boromir's death, okay? Right? One of and the Boromir most. didn't deserve that death, the stinking little traitor, ring stealing bastard. Listen, listen, Sorry, that's on. one of the like most Boromir. amazing deaths. <laughs> ever written in just my opinion. Just because it took a long time doesn't make it amazing. It's not that it took a long time. No, I know. It's I'm not. I'm on the movie. Do you know how many arrows he took? <laughs> and he just kept fighting. So the takeaway is that we wish that Tasha Yar had been arrowed to death. <laughs> awesome. But that that is the question is what does an honor what does an honorable death mean you know to you? And yeah. to, her her expression at the end is I hope I died with my eyes wide open. And I think what that means is I hope I died knowing that my actions were actions of my own choosing. And they were. Yeah. And she died the death she that did. maybe she hoped to die, which was in service and in servitude <sighs> to her friends. I think what the audience wants is her defending them and dying to to protect them, which she is in a she way. She was. Kind of. But like we know Deanna's in there with her ankle underneath a barbed wire and can't get up for some reason like we know and a that pc monitor from 1987 <laughs> but she doesn't know that so it, she's not she is defending deanna and ben she is she's attempting to get to them but it's just Wait, not ben? in that traditional right it's not in that traditional sense of a warrior's death like i think we yeah. we think like yeah a, a warrior's death usually has a little bit more it, it's more on the nose and this one is almost like a toss away even in the action even in the arm it's gesture literally discarding he's just yeah. literally like swinging his arm as if he's doing some sort of a spell cast and then it's done yeah. like even if the writers were throwing some shade literally um and were doing this as a we're going to give you the shittest death possible i just i don't know that that death exists when she's on an away mission and doing her duty I'm, so regardless of what the writers were trying to do yeah. or maybe they weren't trying to do that i'm still just like she died like sometimes it happens not in the big klingon way mm -hmm. sometimes it just happens uh i like this comment from chat so much so i'm gonna pop it in right now um the flyboy says it's like discounting a firefighter's death who charged into a building and had a wall collapse on them yeah. before they could reach the victim 
And that's exactly it. We wouldn't ever disqualify or discount that person from doing right. an act of service. It just, it's not the battle that I think maybe people who love this character would have wanted. They would have wanted her to go out in a different way, but yeah. it's not, it's not a terrible, it's an interesting, it's interesting to think about though. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm glad I finally had the opportunity to vent about that and put my thoughts on record about Tasha's death. I do want to say this episode ends with, you know, Picard going in like to like this mental back and forth mm. battle where he essentially tricks this creature into getting so angry that its energy field drops low enough that they can transport out. And that's the whole purpose of Picard going down as he knows he can kind of best him mentally. At least he thinks he can. And he does. Um, and then they're back on the ship and they fire on the planet. Boo. And I legit thought that they were going to just take out the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think we're going to detonate the atmosphere. We're going to murder this thing because that we have destroyed the shuttlecraft comes a good amount of time after the torpedo is seen. So like, oh, that's what you're doing. It's like, we've decided to spend the next hour pummeling armors with torpedoes. Like survive this dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> but no that's not what it is so how did you feel about the memorial service at the end mm. did it hit you did you like the delivery did you like Ooh. how that went i didn't really i mean it interesting it was me kind of going okay this is what you need to do for this character this is the proper kind of send-off where you have an audience that needs to have resolution and what a way to be able to do it in a in a future well we have this now i could face to camera say my goodbyes to yeah, many sure. people and leave them a message that if i were to die that they would be able to have a personal message to me however i would like to think that i've already had those beautiful conversations and they know how i feel but in this case it felt forced because and this is one of my mm. big sins she's very specific uh to the people that are there and she's very specific mm -hmm. in fact she specifically says wesley sorry couldn't see you grow up buddy how did she know that she was gonna die before he grows up i i have a retort Go i have on. a rebuffle to retort, this darling retort. i rebuffal is that the Rebut. word? Rebuttal? Rebuttal. 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 Rebuttal time. A rebuttal to that. I i th i don't necessarily think that Everybody has one of these, but I can buy that Tasha does because her job as security chief chief is extra risky on paper and she's going to be on the front line more often. She's also lived with death a lot longer based on like her upbringing and the planet that she was found on and I just, I can imagine that she updates this every now and again. Every away and mission? Because this was... Not every away mission, Okay, no. I've got to go to this what dangerous so thing. specific Hold to on. this away Before mission? Before I beam down, let me just go make the most poignant speech of my life. How do you know when she did it? How do we know when she did it? She, there is nothing specific to this away mission or that she did it. No, I'm just, just saying, like, how would you know? Is it just, you know, once you a month? Know. She just updates it. Like she would only have to do like once every six months ass. or once a year. But can what you, you can imagine? do is that this is a hologram and you can just 
end to like okay iris i love you i've been doing this every week in case i die this week i just want you to know i love you it means something it matters you know please go back to the 15 other videos that i've made about how much i love you you and and the genuineness that i felt the first time i wrote this message will be there but now that it's the hundredth time i've done this message i you have to know you have to know that i love you but now you're 15 (laughs) instead of 14 i gotta go to work babe like what are you like, I she's think, just that's so stupid uh, it's stupid I, she wouldn't do that i think you would just have to do it once a year <laughs> or when like a big life change like wharf leaves the ship oh i guess i'll delete wharf from the log then oh wesley's moved on i guess i'll delete it from nah. and i i imagine that when you turn the hologram when you turn the hologram on it asks you oh who's present and you can just easily say these people are present and then it meshes that together based on the ai that we have now of course 250 years from now what it's going to be able to do that thing to do what do you mean are you presuming that everyone on the ship does this or is it just her no 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 no, no. i'm presuming that not just because we see this one doesn't mean everybody does it but i think based on her background and her job she would be likely to do this I don't know anything like about her background. Have any family. Maybe this is part These of, maybe, could be, her family. You know what? You're fine. It's fine. This is part of her character. Her character is I that she so. wants to have a final word. I mean, come on, let's do it. Great. You have the final word. They all get to walk away knowing that you loved them. The thing that I do like about yeah, there is some of it that's very cliche and a little bit you I have learned love. You I have learned compassion. You and I learned how to show my tits and not of, care yeah exactly there's a bucket of feelings that happen that can be easily assigned to each person what i do like and that's something that i think is missing from some content today is that we don't have everybody with black umbrellas crying sobbing and doing all of their memories and whatnot only diana's the only one that cries everyone else is very solemn and when we end on picard with that close-up on his face where there isn't like the cliche single tear and yet he's communicating a ton of emotions and it's not this over-the-top sobbing thing i i am way more impacted by this scene than i am by people like sobbing and crying and stuff i, I can feel the emotion from picard way more than i would if he shed some tears so i just think it was directed beautifully if we can argue about the practicality of it let me be clear it is a beautiful scene it's i i'm not being sassy because i don't think that it's beautiful i'm being sassy because I guess I, as a robot Vulcan woman, don't feel like I, I like, let me just refresh my log so that everybody knows what, how I feel about them. I don't know. But like, like you said, maybe she's just like, she wants to leave something really personal for these people. And that's yeah. comp- that I, that I understand, but it was I just, I don't know what's in there that would need to be refreshed. I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's just because we know this is her death and this is like a wrap up for the, the, the show that I'm just like, okay, let's just get through this instead of it being yeah. like a, Oh, this is a cool thing that someone did. And mm-hmm. maybe that's because I lack some sort of thing that I'm supposed to have. And I haven't worked that out yet. <laughs> well, no, because I mean, you haven't seen a lot of Tasha episodes or really other than like the naked. Now I think we've watched and the opening episode, the encounter at far point, but also like none of us really know tasha like if this has happened in season four or five maybe there's some more impact behind these words but we're making a lot of leaps here because we didn't get to know her character very well yeah yeah but yeah it's interesting and it's i i do love that shot of data at the end just yeah contemplating her death just recognizing that additional connection that they that they had together i think that the chat is in agreement uh is agreeing with you too where it's like she had 
because of who was attending that's who was addressed and maybe she did a whole bunch of other messages for other people and they're sent to them for like her sister or her whoever else is out there in the world but that's what i would imagine um but yeah i what i what i did like also about that scene is if you were just to watch this show if this was one of the first episodes that you watched it does a great thing where it gives a quick elevator speech on what the characters represent Mm, and Uh, I thought it was really cool how, like, with Picard, she's like, I didn't have a dad, but, you know, you're the guy. Yeah. You're the man. Whatever that means. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy that. Um, So my... um, Oh, the predictions before we move on to the scenes. um, Predictions that we had. um, Today, your overall prediction was that there will be a morphing monster taking on someone's skin. And there will... Or there will be lesions. So you get get half a point for that. I didn't say there was going to be lesions. (laughs) I said... Yeah, I did say that. <laughs> yeah, and there yeah, was a kind but... of lesion on on her face. There was, there was, there was, there was. <laughs> Half a point for that. Your oddly specific prediction was that somebody kisses somebody by accident because they're in the wrong skin. <laughs> 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 Didn't happen, but who knows? Uh, yeah, it was on the cards. Yeah. Oh no, I kissed the wrong person. Mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. I think something similar does happen in a later episode. I but... really was thinking this was going to be more of like a person assuming the skin, but this this was really cool because it's like this is the skin of these creatures that has sloughed off. Yeah. I hate that word slough, but it's Sloughed. it's it's come off and it's become this goopy soup that's powerful enough. Mm-hmm. There's enough power in it left over in skin cells that it can do some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. For sure. Um, what else did we have? Armus does return in the lower in a lower decks episode, the spy humongous. Um, but it's kind of like a end of the episode tag on thing. Like they're doing some prank calls, and Armus is one of the people that they prank call. And it was just an excuse to have an animated Armus come on screen and say, I will kill you with every flake of my being. Every so- flake. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a throwaway line. We don't properly, properly get an episode with Armus again. Who knows? Maybe one day. I hope not. I hope so. I want to go back in time. I want to do an episode where they're debating how to do this and Armus is the result at the end of the episode. I don't That'd be amazing. know. What, what, what yeah. is there to get from Armus anymore? If, if this character is just pure evil that just likes to mess with people for fun, I wanted to kill people. why go back? Um <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. I think it served its purpose, to be honest. I'm just, I just love recurring characters. I love recurring themes and bad guys, and I want more. I would want to go back for one reason and one reason only. Yeah. Borg. Assimilate Armus. Oh, shit. That would be interesting. That would be the end. I mean, the Borg should be the end of the Federation anyway. They're very similar. Yeah. The desire to mess (sighs) with, though, like the playing with your food aspect, they're not, they don't do that. No. They're all about efficiency and, right. and perfection. So yeah. this would be adding a level of playing with their food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just what the Borg need, playing with their food. That's the one thing they need, of course. I feel like Armus would become the goop that runs through their machinery. Like, that is what keeps it lubricated. <laughs> yeah, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's, what we're, that's what's been holding the Borg back all of this time. Proper lubrication. Been, proper lubrication, that's what it's been. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, one final, um, I guess you could call it a sin removal. I love that at the beginning of the episode, they're talking about the Enterprise um, running on impulse because it doesn't have, they're doing some like fancy stuff on the warp core and they have to turn the engines the off. Dilithium the dilithium crystals. The dilithium crystals. And I love that the Enterprise's nacelle lights are off 
at the start of the episode. Oh, I missed that. I always thought it was a blooper, but it's deliberate because they're traveling at impulse and it's not working. Love that. And it also leads to a great cold open of we've got to turn the turn the ship engines back on and skip all of the things. Can we start to the sins now? Which because we need to get into the sins and do that. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to engineering. No, we're not going to engineering because they're not doing any of the correct safety procedures. Whoop, 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 whoop. Red alert, everyone. Battle stations. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sim brains and remind ourselves that no TV shows we've ever seen, even our beloved Star Trek. Ambassador, let's go first and just sing um, Leland T. Um, Lynch, who is just skipping all of the safety protocols. Right. Right. And also, there being no ramifications for that. Nothing. It was fine. Like, it wasn't like we jacked up the engine. We're just going to mix the antimatter and matter without any of the safety checks. And just what's baffling here to me, and I've just completely taken over, sorry, is that we have two lives on the planet. Yes, they are important. We should not do math equations with life, except we should, because there are a thousand lives on the Enterprise. You are risking thousand, one thousand lives and a antimatter explosion on a maybe you don't even know that they're still alive like it's such an unnecessary risk with no consequences no consequence that surprised me i thought maybe that would play into the episode somehow no none at all yeah we stalled the enterprise sorry it can't go anywhere like this is why the enterprise can't leave orbit or something because we fucked up the engine so but no skip all the safety stuff it's this false sense of you know um what what is the word uh like this false sense of urgency, I guess, is the best way to describe That's it. That's what it is. Yeah. Because not only do they do that, but it's, I need 20 minutes, a minute passes, Picard's like, where are we with this? And he says, a couple minutes out. So time doesn't really mean anything. And systems checks also don't mean anything. So no, it's this and you- perfect example in a five minute period of the show yeah. where we're designed to instantly believe what we're told on these shows to give us this feeling of anxiety mm-hmm. that they immediately undermine and then it doesn't matter and we just like launch it out of our brains yeah i think somebody just wanted to show us dilithium crystals i think that's what it was <laughs> it was a really cool crystal yeah it's really really cool but for me there's another way to do that that works even better just put the ship further away just like we're getting there at maximum warp, but it's going to take us this amount of time to get. It's going to take us five minutes to get to you. Let's push the engines to the max and get there even quicker, burn out the engines. And then you have like everybody that's everyone on the ship is powerless because they've done everything that they can. So you just have Picard and Riker pacing around the bridge waiting to get there because they're pushing the engines to the max. Like that works as a ticking clock as well. We didn't need to to like just throw all of the safety protocols out of the window yeah it's crazy <sighs> crazy crazy craziness um would you like to do one i don't know if, if i think that was both of us oh i mean i'm fine you can you can definitely go just explode um we've got a shuttlecraft crashes cliche like as soon as you open the episode with diana is on a shuttle and we're gonna rendezvous no you're not that shuttle is dead like that is going to crash the track record of shuttles in starfleet is not good um, I would have a really, really fun scent, I think, on this one, which is there's this mm-hmm. beautiful um, uh, like m- uh, shot of the bridge it's just after they find out that the, the shuttle has crashed. And I believe it's right before commercial break. And it's mm-hmm. an overhead yep. shot of the bridge. And I think what I would do 
is the sin would be not using everyone's bunched together for because it's an overhead shot of the yep. entire set mm-hmm. rather than the front on shot where they all have to be in the camera. Mm-hmm. So yeah. but when it goes to the overhead shot, there's all this empty space on the left and the right because there's there's no one needs to be there because it's not going to be on camera. Mm-hmm. But I would absolutely sin showing us that space and then underutilizing it because yes, just like there's no one there. there. You could fit couches in the empty space there. <laughs> you could do something. Something. Something, something needs to be here. Stick a chair in there. A I mean, station, in generations, a person. Yeah. Well, that's what yeah. they do in generations. They just stick a couple of extra consoles yeah. on the bridge because it was like widescreen, mm-hmm. so you can see everything. Probably, like, wow, this looks bare. We need to stick some stuff in there. Give them a little iPad. Have them, They invented them. Just give them a little, little yeah, walker pad thing. Yeah, they did invent the iPads. So can scan the wall. Watch TOS. Yeah. There are hundreds of extras walking around Thing. Oh, in right. TOS. Oh, so busy. There's just... Yeah. Every scene is just filled with a color walking by. <laughs> yep. And legs. Here, just it's just legs everyone everywhere. bunched together. And I, maybe it's just, you know, we all need to remember, like arms wide this is how much space should be between you and the person beside yes. you uh-huh. everyone could have, like everyone could do cartwheels with how much extra space there was for yeah. that overhead shot and it just tickled well, me it's living in luxury this that's is it. this is what we do we we, we send things mm-hmm. that don't matter okay that's we it we would like draw a lot of stick figures in uniforms in there like look how many people you could have over here <laughs> um now no one's going to believe me but i wrote this down and a couple of people in the live chat have mentioned this sin already but it's always really jarring to me that Tasha's memorial takes place against the backdrop to Windows XP. <laughs> like, it is identical. Like, everyone must have had this thought. The bright blue background, the green field, and because the first time I would have watched this episode was around the time of Windows XP, I was like, huh, that's weird. So it's just, like, that That must be a background that somebody has, where they've just plonked a Tasha Yar on the Windows XP background. It's so weird to me but there's no way they could have predict predicted that it's just it's right there mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i love it yeah i was there i love it so much um uninhabited planet is actually inhabited cliche yeah of course didn't detect that my other thing there is that i misremember this episode because i thought armus had pulled them down to the planet nope they are having a disaster they do you know how big space is and how hard it's it big. is to bump into a planet not only did they bump into a planet they bumped into a planet that was that armus could a part of it that armus could get to like unless armus can travel really really fast like he is there very very quickly so it's just so, all of the the cliche bad luck that they found a planet and they crashed near armus Speaking of the crash, uh, there's a whole bunch of problems with this shuttle that is never discussed. And and as someone who would like to understand the safety and quality level mm-hmm. of the s- s- ships uh, in my shows, um, I would like to understand why there was such an onboard system failure of this shuttle. Because it is never, never discussed. It's, I think it was like a nebula or something. Oh, like, I think no. they hit a distortion. It I can't was remember. so bad. Listen, I know you already mentioned the shuttle thing, but we would add that Do detail it. in there because there's a lot going on anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's just, we needed the shuttle to explode and do stuff, and it's just conveniently going to do that because it's a shuttle. That's what happens. 
Um, da, 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 da. I already send Lieutenant Commander Lynch being just lynchy about his name, just enjoying saying Lynch. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, we have transporters and technology not working cliche because it would be too easy to beam everybody up. So we have to find a way to make sure the transporters can't work. They scanned the planet. They said there's no signs of life, no vegetation, and it meets our minimum requirements for atmosphere. And then they beam down without respirators. And I just yeah, want to say fine. you're dumb. They just, they're like, you know what? It meets our minimum requirements. Yeah. We're going to suffer a bit down here and not just because we're getting into goop that is going to yeah. eat our clothing, uh, but because we, we can barely breathe. You know, at least we can breathe. And I thought that was yeah. a little bit upsetting. It should have been like scorching hot, freezing cold, one of the extremes like on our planet, but it was just kind of like everyone was chilling out. It was fine. Um, we have Picard quotes a poet cliche towards the end. He just quotes something from literature as part of an argument that's what picard does picard asks Riker, what's going on down there and Riker says trouble listen sir <laughs> i love it you're not wrong you're not wrong but perhaps but that's not the answer he wanted we have encountered a goop monster that is rising up out of the oil and perhaps trouble. that is something that you should say Considering the shuttle crashed, I'm guessing trouble was a given. Trouble could mean anything. Could mean you have bad gas because you had a horrible taco. It could mean tribbles. It could be tribbles. <laughs> could just be a bunch of tribbles. That's amazing. Um, uh, what did I have next? Um, this was so silly and nitpicky. Um, when Picard is when Riker gets ejected from the goop, and Picard radios up to Worf and says, "Beam up the away team." He doesn't specify who. <laughs> so Worf should have beamed up everybody, but Picard like he just says beam up the away team in like not including me. He should have specified I'm staying behind. So it's just it's weird when the the Worf read the script and he knows that Picard meant just the four of them and not the whole away team. Super nitpicky. Super nitpicky. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Do you want to do some from the live chat? That's pretty much all of my sins. Yeah, you can go for it. I'm going to I'm going to go through some of mine as you do that. Oh yeah, go for it. Well, um I, I this isn't really necessarily a sin, but the music in this one cracked me up a couple times because well, first of all, it starts off with this music between Worf and Tasha that seemed to indicate that they were flirting with each other at the beginning. It's kind of interesting, that isn't was weird. it? And like the gla the sideways glances. Yeah. I wonder if that was like on the cards. And it was it was like a little tinkle 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 tinkle. Yeah. But then I thought that Tasha was banging data. No, just the once during the Naked Now. And because at the end of the episode, Tasha just goes up to him and says, it never happened. What a thing to say. Right. It did, though. And you're going to be thinking about that for the rest of your life. Yeah, your you short -lived are. short-lived life, BT-dubs. Oh, ouch. Ouch. You got that fully functional Android uh, USB D. <laughs> USD. <laughs> Self-sin. Um, just self-ding. We'll, we'll be right back, everybody. I think... I think we need to take a break after that one. That oh was. Goodness, I'm so sorry. That was. Um, so we do have a very personal sin from Flyboy. Um, right off, I'm going to send these stupid onesie uniforms from seasons one and two. Um, from two seasons and one, one and one and two. two, and that the cast hated as much as I do. They were uncomfortable and pulled up when sitting or moving. They were dumb. They were cheap. Um, I'm glad they changed them for season three. Um, yes, we will. We will send the the uniforms. Anything else, Ambassador? Oh yeah, I only mentioned one of the music moments. Uh, the other mm -hmm. one was I very clearly heard some music that reminds me of um, Tim Burton's Labyrinth in this one. Oh, interesting. It was so quirky. This has a lot of interesting musical 
aspects to I mean, it. There's I like love dark the 80s synth at the beginning. And, and like mysterious and dark. But then there yeah. was like this like, la- it was very labyrinth like. I just wrote that down. I don't, it wouldn't be a sin. It was just an observation that I forgot mm-hmm. to mention. Go on. Super 80s. I love it. Um, we have, this would be pretty good. Um, wandering winder says, "Taters, something's got me." It just sin shades of grey because there's a clip show at the end of season two where Riker is in a coma and it replays that something's got me over and over and over again, and that's probably why it's in my brain because he has to relive his most painful moments and it keeps cutting back to this one. So yeah, just any chance to sin shades of grey. Anything else, Ambassador? called data tin man i mean just calling data I tin wrote that down he's not made of tin t- i'm pretty sure he's man. made of duranium he was gaslighting me and tin. i'm not even it i'm not even there <laughs> not even in the episode <laughs> he's probably feeding off of my hatred you would trick you would absolutely you'd be sucked into that you would absolutely you'd fall for it <laughs> or you'd just start shitting on data and wharf and you'd be like i'm living at him did you think for a split second that he was that Picard was going to teleport him or transport him when you watched this the first time? No. Okay. Not at all. No, it was all stalling. Yeah, I didn't think there was a chance he was getting off the planet. Can we talk about the end tantrum of this monster? The screaming? Just like, Let's just, no. <laughs> just, to, just to clarify, the plan here is for Picard to piss this thing off so bad that it throws a tantrum so that they can escape. Yes. And it works. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This works. It does. It, it works. Yeah. Patronizing <laughs> Brit just bullies him. I literally said, my next note says, then they bury Tasha in front of a green screen. <laughs> <laughs> they don't bury her. They probably just eject her into space. It's not a holodeck. Hello, my friends. You are here now watching this image because I have died. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal opening, isn't it? Hello. To, the, to that. I'm Hello. dead now. <laughs> I'm dead. I bet you're sad. I hope you're sad. It probably happened while I was on duty. I mean, imagine if it hadn't. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> imagine if she did, like, if she had literally just, like, I don't know, something just stupid and trivial. It probably yep. happened while on duty and quickly, which is what I expected. What a weird thing. It's very, very interesting opening, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They, I feel like somebody didn't want to write that. Yeah, no, they didn't. Something mm-hmm. I wasn't supposed to delete because it's my quote later. I think that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect episode. Oh, I forgot to give it my pips. Uh, I give this one a, I had to give it a three, which is going to be controversial. Not a lot of people. I know you've given it a two, two and a half. I'm giving it a three because I really like the themes that it's delving into and how it explores them. And yes, it sucks that Tasha dies, but it's it's an interesting episode. It it. I really enjoy um, re-watching this one and just dealing with something that is pure evil. I kind of like that. Okay, next week, Ambassador. You ready for next week's episode? Are we still going to be doing some monster mashing? We are still doing monster mashing. This might be the last one that we do in TNG, though, because TNG didn't deal with a lot of monsters, like lots of aliens, lots of philosophical stuff. But I had to stretch a little bit to get this episode to meet the criteria. And it's mainly because I want to do this episode. Oh, next I week, see. Everyone, oh, you're using your power. You're abusing yeah, your powers um, of Captain. No one. No one's going to argue and no one's going to be disappointed. We're going to do Darmok next week. Yes. Demba, his arms wide. We're going to be... What? Why? Why do you look like that? At Tanagra. Okay. Shaka when the walls fell. Okay. Do you not want to do Darmok? Who wants to do Darmok? Everybody it's like the worst episode of Star Trek ever. Wants to do... You'll get off this show right now. I will be doing the episode solo next <laughs> week. <laughs> I, was, I was embracing my evil skin. Yeah. 
No, I'm really, really excited to do Darmok with you. Yes, the monster isn't really what the episode is about, but it does have it, a monster in it. But it doesn't, and it it doesn't count. It doesn't count. There is a monster in this episode. It probably counts more than this one. This isn't actually a monster. This is a, this, this is a monster. That fucking thing is a monster. It's a it's a it's an intelligent being. It just looks gross. That's why you call it a monster. You would say the same thing about any of the monsters that we've seen so far. Yes. This one isn't intelligent, though, in Darmok. <laughs> we have some nerds oh, in our chat. We man. really do. I love it. Well, whether you like it or not, Danae, next week we're doing Darmok and you're going to enjoy it, okay? It had better be exciting and adventurous because if I have to sit through an episode where we're having long, deep, like philosophical conversations, I'm going to be so bored. I want to see some monster shit. Well, I hope you enjoyed the final ever episode of Captain's Pod. Um, get in touch with the show at CinemasinsCS on X slash Twitter. Um, Captain's Pod at CinemaSins.com. Join us on Discord, discord.gg slash CinemaSins. You guys are amazing. I'm Captain Ian. And excuse me, I've got to go find out what the T in Leland T. Lynch stands for. <laughs> my God, wait, what? That's not a quote from the show. No, it's my show. I'll do what I want. Oh, my God, you're changing everything. <laughs> I've changed everything. Okay, so you'll understand when I say that death is the state in which one exists only in the memories of others. Exactly. And on that somber note, live long and podsper forever. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Come on. We want to do Darmok. Everybody wants to do Darmok. Nobody wants to do Darmok. No one has asked for Darmok. Everyone has. Uh, Darmok has been asked for so many times. And yes, it's a stretch. TNG has very few monster episodes. I'm going to have to go into Voyager or Deep Space Nine next, I think. Well, but, but why do we have to stay in TNG for monsters? That's not the rules. It's any start. We don't. It's I any- just wanted to do Darmok. <laughs> There's a monster in it. Uh, but listen, there's a thing when everyone's when everyone quotes Darmok all the time, it just makes me not want to watch it. You're such a dick. <laughs> because then I still right. You're a skin of evil. You are everything that is wrong with society. Shed from us, and we are leaving you on this planet. Part of it is that it's kind of fun not knowing. It's kind of fun being the one that can I can get it wrong. I can be like, yeah, it's Darmok when the shades are drawn. Not anymore whatever that's great her eyes closed <laughs> darmok when the toilet needs to be cleaned like i don't know i get to be dumb about it but now i have to watch it and no. then i'm technically in on it and, yes. and right now i'm in this like little you know in between space where educate yourself <laughs> so we're just gonna do the obscure episodes that no one's ever heard of that's gonna be the sh- my eye is literally twitching because of this it's amazing because what you want to watch like the most popular episodes that's I want to watch my favorite episodes. No, 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 no. This is about me. No, this is about me. This is my favorite episode. You'll suck it up and deal with them. Oh God! Oh man, I am so excited about next week's episode, everybody. Woo! I I can't wait for you to love it despite yourself. Well, it's going to be interesting, right? Because I don't want to watch this episode. I don't exactly understand why except for them a rebellious horrible person which we're, we're yeah, you know yeah. i discover agreed, a agreed, lot agreed, about agreed. myself agreed. when doing any podcast because i'm way yeah. too honest about the things that i'm feeling like and i think about it later on and i'm like should i have been that honest 
<laughs> you know, yes. Why? Because this is a big experiment of my human experience. Like I watch people and I listen to people who are willing to say honest things. And I don't know why I don't want to watch this episode. I think because the references that I see all the time, it's just, I get to shrug my shoulders and be like, cool, that's a thing. I don't have to watch it and understand where it came from to just be kind of part of it or whatever. Now why are we doing this I'm show? being sucked into it. I'm being <laughs> why, sucked why into this one. Doing You've Star picked Trek? the one episode I didn't want to watch. <laughs> you never told me this. Why would I tell you that? Why would you not think I'm eventually going to want to watch Darmok, <laughs> one of my favorite episodes? Uh, is it really? Yes. What if I hate it, Ian? I don't care. Oh I would still love it. I really can't. I can't hate it just because I don't, don't want to like the things I that wanna, I like. I want to watch it and actually enjoy it. I want to have an actual real reaction. But right now I'm struggling and I don't exactly understand why. Captain's pod when did I snap? I'm not snapping. I am processing intently. There's a difference, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Check, check, check. Oh no, where's that fucking note? Right? It's on this page. I kept it here. Search for input. Input. Sound input properties 44. Supposed to be at 69 beaches. Supposed to be at 69 beaches. Fuck. I don't think I opened up that program. God damn it. Okay, well that's 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 adjusted, but this is gonna be very loud. Okay, 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 okay. Focus, 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 focus. You're late. You're late for a very important date. Your mic sounds great, by the way. Oh, thank you. I just bumped it up to its supposed to be level of 69. Jack it up, jack it in. Let me begin. I came to win battle me. It's a sin. Better back up. Well, you're good at that. Rapping thing. So get up your seat and jump around. Jump around. Jump around. Jump around. Jump up, jump up and get down now. Okay, so I see... I see... Tasha Yar oh, on the screen. Sugar. Does that mean that this is going to be about Tasha Yar today? <gasps> is this, this is the episode, episode where she dies? This is a Tasha episode. Skin of evil. Oh, Skin no. of evil. Does that mean she's going to die? Skin of evil. We have an immediate correction. Um, so J.A. said, I'm disappointed in you, Captain, a couple of weeks ago. I was only able to drop in to leave a thought on Gorn evolution between Strange New Worlds and TOS. And this was that some genetic modifications happened, which dramatically changed the way that they look. And I completely, I delivered that as if it was real. And it wasn't. J.A. was doing a parody because that's what happened with the Klingons when they changed from their image changed so much and that's how star trek explained it away so he was making a joke about how that's also how they would explain and i missed it delivered it as fact because i don't know everything and i was like i'm gonna have to revisit enterprise because i don't remember that happening and i just assumed i'd forgotten but no it was a joke i missed the joke slab just listened to that part a few minutes ago was really confused on your take i think we should probably include this in the outtakes Yes. Like no, you need it'll be you need to have a correction yeah. because if that's four people that were confused, we can assume that there's probably so, more that just listen and don't even come yeah, to the live of show. I've only watched Enterprise twice. I was willing to admit that there was an episode that I completely forgot about and just whiffed it. Like it could be one line where they describe it in Enterprise. Like I am this is the problem with jokes. I apologize, everybody. I apologize. We're doing a lot on the fly. Is it is it true that Gates McFadden directed Genesis? Because that's insane. Which, Genesis, which one's is, Genesis is the one where they all de-evolve. Oh, that one's fucking bonkers, <laughs> and fucking I loved insane. it. Well, how did 
okay. Fred and Direct Claire. Can we talk about that instead for a second? That was such a fun episode. That was so I mean, so that's a good monster fun. episode. Should we do Genesis instead? I also, you have to like completely... It, I don't remember why some people were devolving into frogs and some people were devolving. Like, I don't remember why. Well, it's based on their dormant T cells. <laughs> on it, no, that's all it is, the dormant T <laughs> no, cell. I right. wasn't joking. No, that's right. It's literally like they have some leftover ana- <laughs> arachnid in them. Not how it works at all, but there we go. Because <laughs> it's time to, to the captain's pod again. We have been on the vacation. Vacation no more. Oh, no. I meant to eat this apple. It's going to be so loud. Oh, he's not going to be happy with me if I eat this apple. Fuck! I'm hungry. What do I do? Oh, no. I can't eat the apple, but I really want to eat the apple. Okay, here. I'll eat it while I watch the content. I just won't take a bite whenever I see Ian because I'm already 10 minutes late. Hi! Oh, hello! Hello! Hi! Oh, Hi! <laughs> so I haven't been on my computer for a while, and I certainly haven't opened up that program, and it was down to 47 again. Wait, what program? You remember how like my computer is doxing, oh. docking my... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I said I wasn't going to do this, but this apple is so juicy and I just want to <sighs> eat it so bad. Do it. I've taken my headphones out. No, I can't because we're supposed to do the show. I can't. I have, show. To, I have to watch it when uh-huh. we're watching our material. Oh, so then I absolutely have to have my headphones in for it? No, because you're going to be watching the show. Which I do at this computer with my headphones in. You're welcome. do it no i can't we have to do the show i'm I'm 10 minutes late we don't have time to dick around no we don't have much time to dick around dick around around. jump up up and dick around Uh, (laughs) okay the valentine's episodes have been humorous in their suggestions oh we're getting suggestions of we're getting suggestions okay that's good that's good we have some serious ones some joke ones and then some joke ones that I'm actually tempted to do that people don't realize. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'll do it. Like, don't you tempt me. Because you said unconventional. Like, that's the, the crux of it. You said unconventional. Yeah, like, fuck the normal love story. Let's do something unique. Like, Data's love for his cat. You know, that's yeah. true love. I don't think he actually loves that cat. No, he does. He Data does. doesn't love like we think. He No. He, I think he appreciates the consistent camaraderie and would have an affinity or have a, you would be in ranking. He would rank you uh-huh. by safety and consistency. Have has he ever defined love before? Yes, he has. Is that what you're he looking had, up right now? Yeah. He oh, has defined. Okay. Um, there is an apple. I'm so, oh my God, it's so good. Um, oh, it's so yummy. Why are apples so good? This is data when asked about friendship because, um, yeah, well, he, friendship I can't remember. And love the, are different, but it's, this is similar, but he has a great quote about friendship. Even among humans, friendship is sometimes less an emotional response and more a sense of familiarity. I was saying. That's what you said. That's what I said. As, as I experience certain sensory input patterns, my patterns. mental part pathways become accustomed to them yep familiarity input is eventually anticipated and even missed when absent see i'm telling you what did i what did i I just uh, fucking just said exactly the same and i think he's saying that to diana and diana's reply is like i like you too data (laughs) it's so cute i love it the worst part about apples and lip gloss is (laughs) yeah is that continue when you go for that ba- that bite, 
Mm-hmm. You slip sp- off the apple? Especially that first bite. Your lip, sort of like my bottom lip, curls down and touches my chin, which now means I have lip gloss oh, on my chin. Oh, now you get lip gloss on your chin. Yeah. Right. I was imagining that you just slipped off it. Like it just keeps flying off your lips. Lip gloss because isn't you're so lubricated. Is it not? No. I guess it's more it's sticky, tacky. isn't it? Yeah. I just know that it tastes horrible. Whenever I've had to interact with a partner that has had lip gloss, I'm like, I hate this. I don't want to. I, I don't want to kiss you with lip gloss on. I'm sure it's they just, feel the same way about your beard. I fair. Yeah. I don't want to <laughs> taste the last meal you had. <laughs> you okay? I think. Yeah. I think I. I think I bought a salt lamp recently, and it hasn't okay. arrived yet. And so I'm realizing that maybe. <laughs> Maybe I I really like those salt lamps, <laughs> and I got right. a little, and I was like, oh, I got a little Christmas money. Maybe I'll go ahead and get that. Like, really and it hasn't cute. been delivered. I don't think I don't think I've gotten it yet. Do you want to stop the show and check that out now? Mm-hmm. No, going to. no, I would never stop the show. Mm-hmm. I would never do that. Isn't she the kid already being introdu- in, indoctrinated? Not introduced, indoctrinated. No, that's the word. On sure Star is. Trek. Yes, Ian's visit this time has resulted in several things that oh, have... Oh, no. So much. It's really, really adorable. Um, mm-hmm. But we haven't watched Star Trek. It's, no, it's talk yet. about Star Trek, and mostly her interest is in space, ships, mm-hmm. and and calling any ship the Enterprise. The, that's kind of where That's a we're nice at. Enterprise on your ship. I don't mind. That's the <laughs> Defiant, but never mind. That's fine. <laughs> we'll just move on. I explained what a black hole was to her and it blew her. I was like, should I be explaining this to a six-year-old? And she was like, so what happens if we fall in a black hole? And I'm just like, it won't happen, but this is what would happen. And she's just like, wait. I literally, I go to the bathroom. Ian's over. (laughs) Iris adores Ian. And they're playing. Um, Ian bought her a Minecraft Lego set for Christmas. And they have been playing with it nonstop. So anyway, they're, they're doing their thing. Which gives me a moment to myself. I come mm-hmm. back around the corner and Ian just looks at me and he's like, okay, I have to tell you something. Yeah. I definitely talked to Iris about black holes. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is how I described them. I look over and she's just <laughs> rocking in the corner. Oh, God. Not really. Ex- existential crisis. No. <laughs> when I told her there was one at the center of the galaxy, she was like, wait, what? Because it started because she was like, I mean, black holes aren't real, right? And I'm like, oh, oh, you wait. Unicorns not real. Black holes real. It's one of the weird things where as adults we're like, unicorns are ridiculous. And then you describe a black hole and you're like, you know what? Unicorns make sense. Unicorns are more likely than black holes. Yeah, she um was fine. She had moved on to whatever yeah. fun thing she was doing next. But apparently the reaction to the black hole conversation she was really like alarmed because ian said that he he described it as quote we're being sucked slowly in didn't say we didn't say we okay okay sucked in and what goes in is dissolved and turned into stardust and shoots out the other side i said anything that falls into a black hole gets pulled apart loosely turned into energy and then fired back out as radiation those are the literal words i used and she was like so what if we fell in and i said that would happen to us but luckily we are nowhere near a black hole so it won't happen but it and is at the center me, of our reasonably. galaxy and she's but like there is a massive one that the, the, we're all spinning around and that's what we're spinning around she's, she's okay. just like oh shit <laughs> i'm gonna go eat some crayons because that's much safer than this black hole business 
I know that she kind of understood it because she was like, well, does that mean it could make electricity? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, if we could harness it, then yeah, it pumps out a ton of energy that we could use as electricity. Yeah. So she get, kind of got what I meant when I said energy. She just translated that to the energy that powers our home. Our electricity, yeah. The lights. Yeah. That would, that's only true from the point of view of an outside observer, says David. For the person who fell in, time would stretch to infinity. Well, I forgot to tell you this. Don't she tell her that. No, 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 no. She oh. did ask. She, I can't remember how she heard this, but she said, <laughs> like, is time travel possible with a black hole? So on one of her shows, they've mentioned black holes and time dilation. She watches a lot so of science was, shows. That's my fault. Uh-huh. So I was like, if you're, if you're on the edge of the black hole then yeah, everything slows down. So if you're further away, then time will just progress normally. But you're, you, the person that's next to the black hole, everything outside will speed up and you'll just like live forever. <laughs> <sighs> that one probably didn't sink just, in. Just as a reminder, she's six and a half. Uh, so who knows what's going to sink in. And we will get ready to go. Let's G -G. go. The oh, fucking great. episode where she dies, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. Enjoy your character death. This is what this is. This this probably shouldn't be in the podcast, but it's okay if you put it in the podcast. Okay, that'll be the final outtake. <laughs> if you're hearing that, if you're hearing that, nope. We no are now. We are now in the absolute cat. We're we're releasing a podcast episode that is so brave that we've decided that anything goes <laughs> and it is it is a whatever Danae said podcast. And honestly, I'm glad that we're finally here. For context, I'm gonna include that in the pod, but not the thing that she's referring to. <laughs> <laughs> which is my favorite thing to do. And maybe someday at a live show we will tell you in person where we can deny it and it isn't recorded for all time. 